Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Creation of Footy podcast. I haven't lived up to my promise of an episode every month, but Matt, you're here. Herman is not, but we tried a few times. Couldn't get the we time right. Yes. Yeah. So we tried to get a few episodes before the last last round of the high and We weren't able to. But now it's the summer. I have more free time. I don't have school. So and Herman's he's on a he's on a long vacation. So he'll probably be here for the next episode. That's gonna happen in July in the coming three or four weeks. But enough about that. Matt, we're here after a long, long season, a brilliant season, and after a, I, I don't know if you could call it a excellent Nations League campaign, but a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, I would say the, um, you know, the the Hainel had quite a kind of, I mean, it was still a cliffhanger ending. I mean, it, it, I think, I think probably the second last week was the one that that probably turned it. But you know, it's it's been a long time that I can remember when we've had that, you know. When the when the league has still been that close that late, so I think that was that was, you know, that was a nice result. And then I think probably as you know as we as we talked about, like, I don't know really know what my expectations were for the Nations League because you know that, I mean, Dalic has kind of experimented, you know, like normally it's oh you'll play some play some younger players and see what happens. And then I've just learned from oh don't expect anything in results, you know, it's developmental. Yeah. And if you're going to get thumped by Spain six one, well that's part of the learning experience. But I don't know, for some reason, with the tournament coming up and with the, there's a lot of places in the national team that are still up for grabs, you know, um, at least if there's opportunities there. So I watched this Nations League with a lot more interest than I've watched the previous ones, really hoping that some of the young players would get a chance. And they did. And they they did. But uh, let's talk about the high note first. We'll get to the Nations League part, which... Which is quite, which is quite exciting. What we saw against uh, Denmark and France at both games. But first, Heinel, we got Dynamo winning the league. Which I mean, whoever didn't predict that, you're just dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I they, think we can say that Heidek. Yeah, I think on. was the surprise. I think Heidek was. You know, I think that was the. It's been a while since they really had a. You know like we're in legitimate contention, I think, like the whole way through. So I think, I mean, they have to look at this as a successful season. I mean, the fans do, definitely. They definitely do. I know from my own friends from online, a, a lot of people do. Some people are still upset, oh, we didn't win the league. We're we're still bad. We're, we're better than Dynamo, this and that. But I don't mean to bloat, but uh, I did predict that, I did predict Hyduk second before the start of the season. Yes, you which did. Is, which is quite, which is quite the feed, because yeah. I did mention just before saying that. Actually, after I said that, I I did say, at the end of the season, I could look like an absolute genius if yes. I if I if I do finish sick, and then they have. I I predicted the whole top four right, which I'm I'm proud about. But uh, the less said about the bottom half of the table, except slam below, the better. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know. To me, this the season just gone just reinforced my kind of. I always think of that of the high. It's like a four-two-four league, you know, and yeah. and I kind of live in hope that maybe those sort of three tiers will start to you know that, but but the two in the middle at five and six never quite make the leap to the top four. Top four are safe, and the four below the middle two never really make enough noise to challenge the middle two, you know, and it just seems that it just kind of repeats that. There's, there's yeah. just a big difference in quality between the top four and the next two, and then there's a, there's an even bigger gap between. Even though five and six don't look, you know, maybe don't look as impressive, the drop off from six to seven is 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 still very very substantial. This season it was ten points from Gorica to Slan Belumbo. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a big gap, but I mean, last the season before this last one, so the twenty 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 one one. Uh, we had a fight with Gorica. So we had Hajduk, uh, Osijek, Rijeka and Gorica then fighting for European places. So we had that extra team to fight for the places. But season, yeah, it, it, it was pretty straightforward. Who, who was going to finish where in what region? So yeah, yeah. I, I, it really is kind of a, like a 4-4-2. Four, 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 
Yeah. But yeah, Dragovoyas got relegated, uh, which I I, I predicted Dragovoyas ninth. I, I yeah, I, I know who you predicted tenth. I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. I I did say they have a talented squad. I mean, you have to have a talented squad to get promoted to the first high NL to win the second high NL. But uh, a lot of that team didn't exactly play up to expectations at the start of the season. They only have four wins at the end of the season, seven draws, 25 losses, which, I mean, is pretty enough to get you relegated. But, yeah. Does it, does it happen quite a lot in Harnell that the team that comes up goes straight back down again? Oh, no, it doesn't because the... So, Shibening got promoted, stayed up the next season. Uh, Varajdin got promoted the next season they stayed up the, the season after they stayed up they got relegated same as Rudesh Rudesh came up got, uh, stayed up got relegated so yeah okay okay because so no, I know so, when I know when, when Shibanik came up there was a lot of expectation that they wouldn't actually they wouldn't actually survive so yeah it, it's obviously a. I think those positions 9 and 10 are obviously quite quite fragile I think you know and it, what what I saw with with, with Shibanik certainly is that, yeah, I thought it was far too negative to predict them to go down. But once they lost, you know, once they lost probably their best player, you know, one, yeah. they were in I mean, an absolute freefall. They were just very lucky that they had enough points through that point in the season that they could hang on because they were, they were, I mean, they were, they were falling faster than Dragovoljets. They just had enough of a cushion that they yeah. stayed up. Yeah. I mean, Yakul shopped a lot in the first bit of the season and Shivering was just lucky enough that Dragovoyets was so bad in the first part of the season before yeah. the Rijek came in, the Tadic from Rijeka came in, basically with, with his players, because all the players that came in basically played for the under-19s, and Tadic was the manager of the under-19s, so he knew them. That's why Dragovoyets performed a lot better in the second part. Yeah. Just, I the mean, gap was just too big. Way too big. At some points, you were like, okay, nine points, it could happen if they win these two games and met, then they battle with Tistra or Shibanik in these later stages, but it didn't happen because, I mean, just too big of a gap and Tistra and Shibanik were... I mean, Shibanik wasn't that that much better in the in the second part of the season, but that first part got got him the the safe yeah. spot. Yeah. 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 I mean, at one this... point, they were, they were seventh and they were, the gap... Yeah. They were only like a couple of points off sixth. And then it just, yeah, yeah, the wheels just came off completely. Yeah, I mean, after Yakulish, absolutely, after Yakulish went, uh, it went pretty downhill. And I mean, that it, it shows why, because uh, Shibnik have the same number of goals conceded as Dragovodets, which is 75. Yeah, and actually, I, I wanted to look, because I think this, the season before, their goals conceded were were... I think quite a bit lower, and I remember thinking at the time, that, oh, you know, maybe they they re, you know, and and they had quite a few like one nils, and I thought, oh, this is is this like a solid team? Then I actually watched some of their games, and they weren't they weren't because um uh, was it Labrovic was playing goal for them? I think at first, yeah, it was. But they actually, yeah, a lot of their their goals conceded were very flattering. You know, there was it was either a bit of luck, you know, some 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 great some great saves that. This is probably more typical. What happened this season, I think, was more that they were going to concede. I think they got lucky that first. And, and other teams didn't score against them as much as they should have. And that allowed them to get wins. I think this yeah. season, they, they just couldn't score enough to overcome. You know, if you're conceding, you know, to a game, it's very hard to, it's very hard to hang on. Yeah, but, I mean, they got lucky. They also have 22 losses, but... And they didn't draw that many. They only drew five games, which is the lowest number of draws together with Rijeka, who also have five. But Shibanik have nine wins, so that's what the that got yeah. them over, yeah. over the edge. Yeah, got them over the line, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they finished eighth in the end, which is, they definitely should have finished ninth because Istra was way better, let's fo football speaking, because they, they were playing gorgeous football. I mean, their, their manager, uh, Gonzalez, was absolutely brilliant the whole season. Bello, who came unknown from, East, uh, from not Istra, from Osijek to Istra, was absolutely brilliant. And, I mean, Istra got big results. They got that draw, which probably cost Hajduk a big title fight in the end. But enough yeah, about sure. that. Istra finished ninth, Shibani cave, Slime Belopa 
that we have to talk about them. Zvonarek was brilliant. Now he's at Bayern, sadly. Uh, actually, good for him, but sadly for Slaven. He, uh, he, the youngest captain in Europe, I think, ever. The youngest captain to professionally, the youngest professional captain in European football, which is quite wow. the feat. That is. He, yeah, he got the captain's armband against Hajduk uh, in the game they drew, nil-nil. After the eternal derby that Hajduk won, so brilliant feel for him. And then we have Lokomotiv and Gorica, as you said. I, I actually put them in my predictions the other way around. I put Lokomotiva sixth, Gorica fifth, because I go Lokomotiva were very bad, and I didn't think they were they they would have gotten the edge over Gorica. In the end, they did. They deserve it by three points, but they still deserve it because they Chokai was brilliant. I most of the squad is brilliant. Kulenovic, Nevistic was also very good in goal. So yeah, I mean that it doesn't get you a European spot, but you get that fifth place. You know you're you're at least gonna be closer maybe next season to like Rijeka who have some problems heading into the next season. Yeah, I mean I thought I thought sort of two years ago <clears throat> Lokomotiva were the one that would probably you know would make that push because I thought they had the, they had the talent base to be able to do it, and they just sort of stalled stalled out. I mean they've they're still not in danger of slipping outside those two spots, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just say I thought I thought they might push on a bit, um, maybe make a push for fourth, but you know. Yeah, they they're a weird team because uh, you finish second, then Dinamo have buys half your starting eleven, then you finish eighth. Yeah, relegation, and then you're just like, yeah, let's just finish. Let's just finish middle of the table. It, 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 I I hope they stay in that fifth or sixth region, maybe fourth even, because I it's it's very tough to predict them now. It's it's very I haven't gotten them right in, yeah, in the yeah, season right, yeah. predictions. So please look Motiva, just stay where you are. You have a team, you have a good manager. Chabraya absolutely surprised me this season. He had he didn't have a real let, let's say a real man, managerial job in the in the top flights of football. Well, Croatian football, he didn't manage a second-tier squad or anything. He just came into Lokomotiva and he's done a brilliant job, so hats off to him. And then we have Rijeka in fourth. Rijeka were in the title fight. We had four teams in the space of five, four points a couple of times. But uh, in the end, uh, they had a very bad run of like four games where they didn't get a win. They lost Dragovoyas. They, I think, drew to Šibenik and all kinds of results that just were very bad for them. And in the end, they didn't even get a trophy because they lost in the cup final to Hajduk. So it's it's just a bad season. They lost a lot of players now. So it, it's going to be really hard for the Eka coming into the next season. Yeah. yeah, it feels like they were coming to the end of that, like, you know, there was like a sort of mini cycle or whatever where they, yeah, they were sort of they're now sort of past the peak. This might have been one more season to to try and do something. Yeah, sort of they they did fall away. I think as you said, at various points in the season, you know, all of the two, three, four were making a push. You know, I think I'm not sure if you remind me if, if Rijeka were ever second at some point, but I, certainly Osiak was second at, at yeah, some no, point no, during no. the season. Rijeka were second, I think, definitely yeah. twice, I think, maybe, probably. Yeah. I think they jumped Osiak a few times. Yeah. So it, so that 2-3-4 kept kind of rotating and kept switching, and you just weren't sure who was going to kind of, who had the, the you know, the, the, the resilience to, to, to be there at the end. And it just seemed, as you said, like Rijeka just had that, they just had that run of results where they, they fell off and then they just couldn't, you know, just couldn't recover. I mean, obviously, the I I was a bit disappointed that, you know, because then Osiek kind of they had the same. They had a time yeah. when they really, really couldn't afford to. So, yeah, you know, that's this is the thing with with you know, particularly with the Croatian league because it's because you know you're playing everyone. There's four matches, you know, like the, the you know, the, it, it's sort of double if, if you compare it to the Premier League where you're playing every team twice. Yeah, it's. It's 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 picking up all the points. It's there was a bit of a cliche they used to say in the Premier League. What you know, what matters is the results against the top sides. And I always used to say, no, it's actually not. What matters no. is taking three points every time you play someone middle and below. Just never dropping points. 
and Dinamo are just better at that. They're just more clinical. They just take care of the teams that they have to take care of. So yeah, the derbies I mean, are there, but the, they but they don't live yeah. or die by the derbies. You know, they 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 win the stuff that matters. Yeah, the prime example of that is Osijek. They were brilliant in derbies. The they had the best results against the other top four teams. They dropped a lot of points against yeah, the dropped, lower, yeah. exactly, which is why they finished third and ten yeah. points behind Dynamo. Even though they were absolutely brilliant in derbies, even though they lost the one against Dynamo and pretty heavily, but. That cost yeah. you in the end. They dropped points to Gorica. They dropped points to, uh, I think it was Istra at one point, and Lokomotiva probably, I think, once. So it, it really does matter. I mean, Hajduk also dropped points against Slaven and Istra in the in the last part of the season, in the, in the last 10, actually not 10, six or seven games. That's where they dropped the points, and that's what cost them the, t- the chance to fight for the title in the last game. Yeah. So... Yeah, but Osijek is the prime example for that. And uh, what happened to Mier is Osijek were missing him this season. If Mieres was at the form he was last season, Osijek would have definitely been in a big, big shot for the title. But he just wasn't there. He wasn't scoring. So Osijek didn't have a real scorer, to be honest. Which is, And they only have 49 goals. Which is which is way way less than the rest of the top four clubs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was seven... my that was my prediction. My prediction for second. I thought they would they would <clears throat> they would sort of yeah make a make a real challenge. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's if you, if you're not yeah if you're not scoring as freely, it's very hard to to keep grinding out results. You know, especially yeah, I mean... if you're winning if you're winning one nils and you know two ones and things like that. Yeah, I they got a lucky a lot of times. I they definitely should have finished behind Osijek, uh, behind Rijeka because Osijek, I watched a lot of matches with them against Lokomotiva where they where they got a one one draw, I think it was, or maybe two two. They had I don't know how Bielica does it, but his team whenever it's a draw and you're entering the last five minutes, Osijek get so many good chances. Like not actually not good. It, the extra probably of those chances were like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7, maybe even 0. 0.9 at times. In that game against Lokomotiva, Osijek had a brilliant chance to get the win. Didn't get it. Against Istra, Manza comes on, scores. Uh, and in the, I think two games after that, Manza again comes on when it's a draw, heading the last few minutes, gets a goal, Osijek wins. It, I don't know how Bielica did it, but he always kept, kept that in. Mansa was absolutely a gem. For he was the super sub for a for, for a bit. They were in the high note, but Osijek, that's not enough. If you don't have a real goal scorer that's gonna get you goals, or anybody else that that can create the good chances, yeah, you 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 just can't fight for the title if you don't have a good goal scorer in your in your attack. Which which Mieres was last season, and they were in the title fight for a bit, but you needed them this season, not last season. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, and and a lot of that, especially you know, sort of winning games late, you know, a lot of that comes down to a kind of mentality thing as well. I mean, I remember there was one, probably there was more than one, but I remember one season when Manchester United won the title in, in you know, won the Premier League when they had some crazy record of the number of goals that they had scored after I think it was the oh, 85th yeah, minute. Yeah. yeah, and they just kept, yeah, you know, like they just kept, and you keep thinking the law of averages says that you know this stuff is not, it has to revert. You can't keep scoring in the 88th and 87th, turning one point to three. And they just kept doing it. They, they did it over, you know. Yeah. And some of that has to be, it just has to be psychological. They just, it's about they have to believe that they can do it because, you know, yeah, there's, there's just no other way to, you know. And, and I think teams that have, that have won stuff before, this is always where I think Dynamo have a bit of a mental advantage over, you know, once, once one of those other teams wins, you know, if you win a title once, it gives you something. It gives you some experience, yeah, some belief that you can do it again. You know. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> I, it, 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 that, that's probably why I didn't have won the title because you had a Demi, who uh, scored very vital goals against Rijeka and Gorica. Because against uh, Rijeka, they were losing two 0 They came back to win. Uh, Ademi scored the winner, and against Gorica, they were struggling to to get past Kotarski. Kotarski was just saving everything that came towards this goal. 
And then in the in the last what was it, eighty first minute probably, actually eighty six probably. I not in, basically in the last ten minutes, Ademi in the box, right right where you need him at the right time, scores the goal. That's just what you need. And he, and he's the captain. He's won basically all of the titles in the last in the last few seasons with Dinamo. And that's what got them the the edge over Hajduk. Yeah, I remember that that tune that coming back was it two 0 down coming back to. I remember when I saw that on the score thing, I thought that's the kind of thing that yeah the title winners do. You know, so that yeah that that probably turned. I mean, that was a three point swing, right? Because if that yeah uh, yeah it was because if they had lost, Rijeka would have been in, in in a pretty big chance to win the title. Yeah, and also no, Osik Osik would have been first if Dynamo lost. Osik would have been first by a point ahead of Dynamo. Yes, then. Yes. So yeah, that that was a that was a big big swing for Dynamo and a big morale boost, definitely. And I mean, let's not also not talk. You know, let's not forget the uh, firing a manager, <laughs> firing a manager. Uh, like how many games from the end of the season? That would have looked like uh, a crazy. So they fired uh, Kopic after the Haido class, and I think it was five games before the end. Yeah. And I mean, Chachis did it, to be he fair to him. I, I doubted him. Everybody doubted him. Because, I mean, yeah. I we don't have... I mean, Euro 2016, we were phenomenal. We we were very unlucky to lose to Portugal in the round of 16. Uh, actually, quarterfinals, I think. Uh Actually, yeah, no, round of sixteen. Sorry, yeah, it was round of sixteen. Uh, round of sixteen, yeah. Round of sixteen, yeah. Uh, and, but I just remember him by that twenty eighteen World Cup qualifying, where we actually bottled it and finished second, and had to go into the playoffs. And then we brought in Dalic, and we won the playoffs. And I mean, everybody knows what happened in twenty eighteen. So I just remember him by that, where we absolutely dropped points in the last few games, and we just finished second to Iceland. Who I mean. We're 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 good, but we we should realistically been finishing above Iceland in our qualifying group. Yeah. Then, no, I thought that was a very risky decision to change managers. You know, but I mean, it, it in hindsight, it looked like it was the right one. You know, I mean, yeah, because he did get. I mean, that they got. You know, results were very important over those five games, and they, you know, they did they did pretty well. And I'm not sure if it was four from five or whatever it was, or. But yeah, yeah they, it, was four, it was four wins from five. They drew to Lokomotiva. Yeah. 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 And and that, I mean, that pretty much that took them over the line and then their competitors all, all dropped points at key times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But let's just speak about Hajduk now and then we can slowly maybe get into the Nations League. So yeah. Hajduk, definitely the, 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 most, the biggest surprise of the season, definitely. Not for me, because I predicted them, but for most <laughs> of the people watching the high nail, Definitely a big surprise. And I mean, what Osik didn't have was a goal scorer. I do had, you had Levi. Even now, please, whoever tells me that Levi is a pen, penalty merchant, you will be blocked for being honest. But you have to have some skill to score. I, I think it was 12 from 12 penalties in the high nail. And I think if you had, I think. Cup goals, it's 14 from 14 from penalties. Wow. You have to have some skill to score that many penalties without missing one or, or a goalkeeper saving one. Yeah, and actually, the, as you said, there's some, there's some very capable goalkeepers as well. Like, you know, even just, as you say, even just, even just randomness and luck, when you get up to that many, uh, normally there's one miss in there somewhere. It, there should be one realistically from twelve penalties. You should be at least missing one, at least. Yeah. But he didn't. He he. Every time I I I had a doubt heading into the last part of the season. I was like, there's gonna be a crucial penalty, or one point. Levi's gonna miss it because I, I I just thought about it, and then we play. And then I went to the Easter match, the second to last game, and I was like, okay, Dinamo could draw points at Shibenik. And we played before Dynamo the day before we played them, and then we got the penalty, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! I he's probably gonna miss it now, and we're gonna because we were losing at the time." And I was like, "This this could be." The then he scored. Then we got the second penalty in the second half. 
And then I was like, okay, he's he ain't missing. I so from now on, I'm not gonna doubt Livia. I didn't doubt him until that last part of the season, but I you, that is some skill to score that many penalties without missing one or a goalkeeper getting a hand to it to the post. I you have to have a lot of skill to do it against professional goalkeepers. I yeah, I'm pretty sure if me and you right now stepped up to let's say five penalties. Both of us get five penalties. We're probably gonna score maybe one or two. Yeah, against a professional goalkeeper. So yeah, yeah that's I'd be lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that too, you you would be very lucky if you score one or two. But yeah, uh, let's also get a. Did Levi yeah, miss? Go- did he miss any games because of injury? Because it. Uh, he missed he a few. He he missed a few at the start of the season. I I don't think he missed one in the high nil. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. But I'm just saying that, like he was he was keeping the team. You know, I mean, like you know, if 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 he had missed games for any stretch of time, I think it would have been yeah, there would have been you know he he really was like he was at least from a goal scoring point of view, he was he was incredibly important. I under Dambrowskas, he has a lot of. A lot of freedom, which is exactly what Livia needs, because he, he can create something out of nothing. He can create chances out of thin air. He can get past the defender. He can get past three defenders at a time. He can just do that thing that he need for him to do. It, it, I, he's just remarkable, to be honest, in the way yeah. he plays and his touches. I mean, let's talk about the cup final because. That that assist to Melnyak. Did did you watch the cup final though? I didn't see the cup final, unfortunately. Okay. Basically, uh, it's one one. There's a there's a cross from a free kick from the left side, basically like forty meter forty meters. There's a cross coming in from a free kick to Levia. Levia chests it down. He doesn't head it back to back into the area, into the five meter box for, for his teammate to get a head on. No, he. Chests it down, takes a touch to his right, crosses, his, fires in a low cross, Maniac scores from it. I don't think anybody would have I, the thought of chesting it down and getting a cross in. I think everybody would see that ball and head it back into the into the bunch of people and hope that one of your players. Yeah, gets just hope exactly. Yeah, It's it's just that he he does the thing you don't you don't expect him to do. He just has that. How, how do I say? It? He just has the football IQ. He just has that. Yeah. He has that little bit of genius to get past the defender to sc- to assist or score a goal or create a chance. That it, it's just what Levaya does. And even though he didn't score in the cup final, even though he had amazing chances, he he was definitely one of the be- best players along with Melnyak who scored too from the left back position. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's what I mean. I mean, I was, I was quite, I was quite looking forward to him, you know, getting some some time with the national team again because yeah, I thought I thought he looked pretty good in the you know yeah, the previous games he played, but he got COVID sadly. Yeah, <laughs> but but good for Hajduk that he didn't get that during the season. Yeah, yeah, but I, you just reminded me, we did miss him against Stobble, if you remember at the start of the season. Yes. He, he was sick or something, or maybe a little bit of injury. He didn't come to Tobol in Kazakhstan, so that's a big reason of why we lost. And we also had a penalty then, which Krovinovich missed. Yeah. So it just shows you how much... I mean, that was the start of the season, and we didn't have a lot of players that we have now. So it, that we had at the end of the season, because Ferro and Katic have gone now, back to their clubs. But yeah, we will talk about that more in the next episode about transfers and all that. That's for the next episode. This is just about reviews for the Heinel and the Nations League. And before we move to the Nations League, I just want to mention the new TV deal for the Heinel. I'm sure you heard about. I'm sure you heard about it. Yeah, the the, the and the rebranding, <coughs> rebranding. Uh, don't don't mention it. So, the, the, there was a there was a, the idea from Heinel. For the first league to be called the elite HNL or just elite league, whatever it was. Thank God it didn't happen. Thank God they realized it was dumb. But 
they didn't realize that calling this the first league high note, which is okay, good, but calling the second division of Croatian football the first high note. Yeah, yeah. Why? You're just confusing people. But I think that that because that you know when 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 the the old first division in England right became the Premier League and then the they had the Championship and then they had the you know then everything went one two after that right so then the, you know yeah. so it, it it was probably trying to borrow from that you know but then like yeah they, they people, looked at that they looked at the Championship they forgot about the Premier League they just looked at the Championship okay Heinel League One okay first Heinel second Heinel third Heinel etc yeah. But you still, I mean, nobody looks at League One now because it's called EFL League One and you have the EFL Championship because that's basically DFL. You basically look at that like, okay, Championship, second tier, it's a DFL. Nobody looks at League One. Oh, oh that's the best league in England because everybody knows the Premier League. But now, if yeah, you and they some... didn't use the same, they didn't use the same name. Like if the old. First yeah. division was it called, and then you called the new second division the first division. That's it's it's the fact that yeah, it's it's reusing yeah. the reusing the first is, is is just confusing. Just yeah, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But the the important thing is the clubs are going to get a lot of money. That that is a, a lot more money than they have in in the past. And another big thing, we're getting uh, Heinel matches back on Hyrte, which is the local television so you're basically gonna have a few matches every round to watch for free if you don't have the that there's gonna be a new channel i don't know what what, what's it gonna be called but it's gonna be a new channel that you're gonna have to pay for if you want to watch the cup the super cup and all that yeah i mean that's good for me because if 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 there are games on 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 hard then at least i can watch that you know because i yeah Yeah, i can't access any of the any of the you know sort of satellite channels that it, that it was on previously so you know that's good yeah. i mean it, it's it's phenomenal but that's enough about the high now and the cup and the tv deal croatia nations league we started off awful i i i stopped watching after austria scored their third i was like okay well this is gonna be uh, a very bad 10 days that start uh, was just. I mean, I mean, I didn't even check this because I was sort of getting all fired up about the later games, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just check in. You know, you, you know, there's like we've got a Twitter chat for some. Well, I'll just check in and see how it's going. And then I saw people, people were saying, I think, we're, I think it was probably two nil at the time. And then I said, oh, hang on, no, they're putting I'm zero two zero. What's going on here? You know. And then like I just thought that just that just. And the thing is, if if you looked at the, I mean, I went and looked at the, if you looked at the stats of the game, if you hadn't actually seen the result, it still looked like typical Croatia. I think it was still like 65, 70% possession and blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. All the metrics looked fine. It's just that somehow it, looked, it must have all been counterattack goals, you know, that it's, it's, that's the difference between putting the ball in the net. I mean, it's, it's always my frustration. I mean, watch Croatia for now, like probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years. It's like there's one, there's a side to Croatia that can when they don't have Mandzukic or, you know, if, if they don't have that kind of incisive centre forward, the rest of the team looks the same and there's, it's lovely passing. And, and sometimes, it's, you know, the, on the stat sheet, it, can look, it looks great. But you think then you see three, three chances, one on target kind of thing. And it's, that's always my that, – that's the thing now that I'm, I'm always looking for. You know, you just yeah. need that finisher. And then, and then when you come up against a team that doesn't have anything like that, I mean, there are some decent players in that Austrian team. They're not, they're not, they're not scrubs, but a team that is definitely not on the same level. But when they can finish, when they get the ball in the net, I just thought, oh boy, this is. I hope the rest of this tournament isn't going to go that way. And I, I just, I can only think that that first result shocked everyone a bit, and there was probably some, some, some stern, serious words in, the, you know, in the dressing room afterwards. I thought this is not. Yeah, no, definitely. We, can't, we can't have this because they were like a different team after that. Yeah, I I was pretty happy with the first half because we played really well. We created chances, but as you said, uh, now mo- most of them weren't on target. Meyer was was phenomenal. I predicted that Meyer masterclass against Austria. If you look at the first half, it maybe happened. It, it depends on how you de- define masterclass. But uh, yeah, we played well. I was pretty happy with how we played, except that goal. But I was like, okay, 
defense lack of concentration at the end of the half. Okay, I get it. It happens. The second half starts. We can see the second. We can see the third. And I was like, okay, fine. Our defense is absolutely shit. I bring back Lovren and Vida, please, or give Shutalo a chance. And I, I knew he was in the squad. I was like, okay, give him a chance. I charted Sara and Pongracic. I awful. They just you. Uh, they didn't communicate enough. Got in got got in each other's ways. Just a bunch of stupid actions, basically. All the commentary was just saying, change the whole defense, change the whole defense. But I sort of, yeah. like, I feel sorry for players a little bit because that was the first match in the tournament. You know when they haven't, yeah, it was. and 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 it's always trying new combinations of players who haven't had, you know, the opportunity to play together a lot. Plus, it was also, I think. Was Ivushich in goal as well? I think so. You know, it's like a yeah, whole yeah, new, kind of, yeah. So it's a whole new back four with different communication. You know, it's not surprising that a few things went. You know, like, um, but yeah, that's you know, it's some you know Croatia fans can be a bit doom and gloom. Like, just get rid of these people. I never want to see them again. You know, and it turns out like keeping faith in the goalkeeper was probably a you know, yeah, so no, those those errors were not were not his errors, and then you know he actually then he delivered in a in a, in a game later on. So I think that was good. They didn't just yeah give up no, on that no. He, he wasn't bad against Austria. He had a few good saves, and the two goals that happened, I think he probably could have saved. I think it was the second one. He probably could have saved it, but that's a very big if, I think. But still, I mean, he did. He had some good saves in the game against Austria, and then uh, let's move from Austria. I, yeah, there's not a lot to talk about. The defense just wasn't up to par that game. Then we have France at home at split. Uh, France did play a bit of a mixed side. A lot of uh, new players came in. Uh, they score through Adrian Rabiot in the in the second half. And we were yeah. like, okay, standard stuff. We're, we're losing to France. Of course we are. Uh, then Jonathan Klaus comes on and so does Kramaric. And Jonathan Klaus thankfully makes a foul on Kramaric. I th- thank you to him, who who is he's a, he's absolutely class because you know class Klaus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we get that penalty. Uh, Modric was, sadly wasn't on the pitch. That was his 150th game for Croatia. Sadly, he came off for Sucic. Su- Sucic was absolutely amazing in that yeah, little bit great. of time. He was great. He yeah. was absolutely phenomenal. I he, do quite like you know Kramaric is like you know his stutter step penalty technique. It obviously works, but my heart always stops when he does it. You know, I think one day it's not going to work. But yeah, he was pretty yeah, ice cold. Yeah. I mean, I was probably one of the few who like I really thought I thought the first half against France like you no. Know, sometimes when you get to the end of the match, you have a bit of recency bias, but. I, yeah. I, I thought of the course. first half was awful. I just, I, I, first half was driving me crazy. I thought, these guys can't get out their own half without Modric. You know, like the defense was under pressure. Yeah. France were pressing. Like whenever they were under pressure, they just knocked it back uh, to, to Levakovic. He was just hoofing up these terrible goal kicks that were, you know, balls just coming straight back. And I thought, you're not going to survive 90 minutes like that. And once they did this, the double substitute, suddenly the match, you know, then they started having some confidence and they started carrying the ball forward. And then, Actually, by the second half, they look great. But it just shows how, you know, few key players and few positions. It, that that deepest midfielder shields the defense a lot of the time, right? So, like, if the defense is, especially if they're if they're inexperienced, you you just need that person in front of them who can help bring the ball out, you know. And and and, and I thought those guys got they they got scared. Some of those defenders, you know, they had, even though France hasn't done done that well. Um, you know, it may be in this tournament. They they still got big names on the pitch. You know, they still got they still got players. Even their, you know, maybe not their starters are still dangerous players. But yeah, I know. I thought, oh, I let, mean, let's let's see, let's see, yeah, let's see all these young defenders who can bring the ball out. All look terrified to do it. None of them looked like they wanted to. You know, they, because I think they were they were feeling that pressure. And then once yeah. you know, once once they had some help in midfield to carry the ball out, then then things settled down. And then yeah, from second half was great. But I just. I, I really thought that first half. I was very worried in that half. I thought this is, doesn't look doesn't look very promising. So to be to be honest, to come away from that French from that France game with one one was a massive result. You know, I thought yeah. like that. 
you know. We also performed for a goal, which was which was also good to see because I mean you're you're not selling for a draw, you're you're looking for the win. And we could have got it. Vlasic had a good chance, he shot with his left. Yeah. Uh Mike yeah. saved it. And Suchis had also a good chance at the in the dying, dying minutes of the match. But he's just not that good on his left. He, he tried with his left, but not close. But we still create a good chance in the end. Uh, yeah, I mean France just has so much depth. If they had their C team, it's still on paper better than our than us. Yeah, and and then the next two games were like were, you know were great. And then that was to me that that's Probably. where I kind of felt there was a step change between that second half in France seemed to get things things started to click then. And then the next two games were very were very good performances. So uh, so Denmark first half, uh, yeah, we we didn't have Modric on the pitch in that first half against Denmark. We we defended brilliantly. I mean, Schutterleierlich were phenomenal. I just. Those two are exactly what we need in the squad. As the, the, the young guys now, they're definitely going to replace uh, Lovren and Vida, who yeah, yeah. should be a bit scared at the moment because they, they still have faith. I, I, I don't trust them as much now because they are old, they are slower. Uh, so, yeah, but Schultz were phenomenal in the, in the game against Denmark, especially the first half where they defended, defended a lot of chances. Then second half, Modric comes on. The game just switches around. We it just did a one eighty. We were the ones that we were the ones that attacked, and we were able to fight a goal through Pasalic, who once again is the fox in the box. He he's oh, just no, there for... in the right time. Scores the goal for all for all everyone who knocks him. I mean, he's I think he's the second in the in the in the in the rolling calendar year. He's the second highest scorer, I think, for the national team. You know, now yeah. I also qualify that by saying a lot of the time he's 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 brought on at the end of games when they're chasing. You know, like like in the Euros, for example, where there's yeah, nothing to lose, thing. and then just everyone just goes and attacks. But you can't ignore the fact that he's yeah, you know, he can finish. I think the, the frustration sometimes is always where does he? He's not a kind of he doesn't fit in midfield. If you're trying to play the kind of typical midfield three. He, you wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't no. want to spend you wouldn't want to devote a whole midfield position to him, you know. You need no, him as definitely. an extra attacking player to come on. So I think that's the that's why I think he doesn't starting with him is difficult because finding a you know he's, finding a, a role for him. Yeah, he's basically that second striker. If you play him on the right side, he's just gonna make that run as a second striker in the box. Yeah, yeah. he just yeah. he's just that fox in the box. It doesn't matter where you play him. He's just gonna be in the box mainly when you attack. He's gonna look for runs, look for the channels. He's just gonna make that run. That's in the end probably gonna bring a goal, or in in, in the type of situation that we scored after a corner, he's gonna be in the right position. So yeah, yeah, I, and, and he can and he can head the ball as well. He can head the ball. He's yeah, a, he's a, he can yeah. do everything with the ball. He can dribble. He can. Yeah. He has a pretty good shot. And yeah, he can head the ball because he is tall. And also to mention, Stanisic played a bit for the second half, a lot of, a lot of the second half because he did play the whole of the second half. But so Stanisic also phenomenal. Did have had a few mistakes, but paid back definitely because he was really good defending his right side and going up. Uh, good combining with Modric and the rest of the attack. It, it's just brilliant the the free the, the the free players that we found this international break, especially in the last two games that we won. Yeah, and I even thought like Juranovic filling in and left back. I thought that I thought that could also, have gone horribly, but he actually he actually did all right. Yeah, I I said before the was it yeah before the game against Denmark. Oh, I'm I'm very worried now because I just saw Juranovic left back. Shutalo Erlich, because you know Shutalo is good, but you 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 don't know if he's internationally ready. Same for Erlich. You're like, okay, he had a good season at Spezia. Uh, still, I mean, it, it it's it's his first game for for the country, so you're like, okay, could 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 probably mess up. And Stanisic also very young. So yeah, I it, it was definitely there. There were nerves before the match, but thankfully. They they showed their worth. Yeah, and I mean, I think with because Stanisic, I think I think in the when he played under twenty one, right? They, I think they play a back three, right? So he's he's still more in that kind of 
in that sort of you know because he's, he's in fact all all three of those guys they're all very big they're all tall and strong you know so he still yeah. looks to me more like a like a center you know like a central defender body type he's not kind of the fullback who goes you know crashing up but you know he did he generally seemed to be going like he got you know he would go to he would go to he would you know he would he would go to he would go to halfway he would go to the halfway line and then he would just drop back, you know. So they sort of played slightly asymmetrically. They, he, he didn't chase yeah. forward as much. But I think, you know, that's... Yeah, that's definitely good. I mean, uh, we, we had Juranovic on the left making the runs forward. So that's, that's, what helped, that's what helped us. And that game against France. So I, we got a penalty for a minute. A bit of a VR, VR, VAR check and Modri scores. I, and then, and then the most tense, <laughs> tensest eighty-five oh, minutes, you know. Oh yeah, Mbappe, Benzema going at you, going at you with full force, and Shuteranovic and Stanisic and Juranovic just saying, "No, just stay there. You're okay. You're not gonna score." Ivanovic also making a few good saves. Our defense. Yeah, the just... one he made, the one he made right near the end. I mean, that would have been a. I don't know, that was yeah. in the 89th or something or 88th. Like, like if, yeah, if, if to have conceded, you know, there and had a 1-1 would have been absolutely, you know, that would have completely deflated the team. But no, that was absolutely heroic defending. And, and I've not seen Croatia do that. You know, that's like a Mourinho thing. Oh, I trust my guys to defend. Yeah, you know, yeah and especially like, the young guys. Only that good at doing it. But they, you know, th- those, those kids were, they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one reason why I'd always still thought, even let's say we, you know, for all of the Lovren and Vida, you know, the, the, the two things that they had is that they were used to playing together and they had complementary styles, right? They had someone who, you know, who was still good. Like you know, Vida was strong in the air. He was good with headers. And I always thought, you know, that seemed to be lacking. So if we replaced them, that's kind of why I was still reasonably supportive of Charlie Tatsara still playing because I thought at least he's, at least he's got the aerial thing. But now Ehrlich has got that, you know. Now you've got yeah. kids who, who can play with the ball on the deck, they can pass it, and they're and strong in, in the air. You think, well, yeah, sign, sign me up. Let's just have all of them for the World Cup, you know, because they yeah, yeah, they were, they were yeah, phenomenal. Schutler can bring the ball up to the midfield. He can dribble, uh, dribble through, through the first bit of attackers and pass the ball to the midfield, just lay it off to yeah, the midfield. Yeah. yeah, he's got some, yeah. And you think from that. bring Guardiola back, and you sort it, you know, that's like yeah, you're absolutely sorted. Yeah. Yeah. You've got three from four, basically. And, that, and that's why, again, it's like almost seems a shame to just play a central two. You know, you think like, well, I mean, it, it depends what happens with the left back situation, right? Because if, if Sosa's yeah. hurt or something and you've got a left back option, then yeah, then, you know, because I think that this whole, this whole competition has been played without a proper left back. I mean, okay, Barisic, I think, played for part of it. But like, yeah, I think that would help having a fit left back. Also, I, I need to yeah, I need to wrap fairly soon. I think but, um, my standout, like unsung hero, and I have to, I felt I have to say this on the podcast. In that France game was Brackello, because I've criticised him a lot. You know, that was the most complete. He was everywhere. He was doing the stuff which I'd never yeah. seen him do before. He was running back. He was tracking. He was winning tackles. He was getting kicked all over the place, and he kept getting up. I thought like something in that you know in that young man's head has clicked because. He, you know, Fine. normally he's flashy and kind of it doesn't like you know, but he was. I thought he was he was he was fantastic in that game. Yeah, finally something clicked, and he's uh, maybe Dalic probably had a few words with him. Most yeah, he was yeah, playing he was. like that game mattered. He was playing like that game. Yeah. You know, he and and I haven't seen that from him, you know, before. So I thought that was a, a, a good takeaway as well. Yeah, definitely was. Uh, also, there's a bit of a problem in the striker position because. Uh, we didn't score a lot of goals. We only scored three. We scored the one against France from a penalty, one against Denmark, and another penalty against France again. So uh, we we don't have Vodimir. I he's good in the air, and what maybe finishing, but we didn't see that, did we? Now I think this is you know again my thing about you know if you're going to play the front three. I can see why they put him there because he's the prototype kind of number nine. But, you know, there's a difference between if you're playing front three with Manjukic in the middle or, you know, like if, I don't know, Drogba or any of the, you know, teams that have played with a, with a central, if they can also, if they can win the ball, they can do the aerial stuff, but they can also play players yeah. in. They can also, 
Budimir just doesn't have that. Yeah, you know, he just, he's, he's got the strength and he makes runs and he's kind of you know. But yeah, it's I, I just think because of the because of the formation, he kind of gets. I'd, I'd much rather see, let's say, if Levaya plays, but put someone next to him, put Pashlich next to him, or I don't know, put 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 Kramaric as a second yeah, striker. I, I just that, I just the front three is still I, still worries me a bit, you know. Yeah, that, that I if we had Levaya, I not not to be biased or anything, I. A lot of a lot of people listening to this are probably going to be like, "Oh, you're a Hajduk fan, you're probably biased." But I think he he's perfect probably for that position, especially with the way how we played in these four in this well three games against Arsenal. We didn't play that well in these three games. If Levaya was there, I think we definitely would have had more chances because Levaya yeah. he can head the ball, he can he he can he can combine with players, he can find that pass that somebody else doesn't maybe see as a striker. He's he's not he he's not just the target man. It's the same as like when when Petkovic was still in some semblance of form two years ago. Yeah, yes, yeah. You, you need someone who can who can help in the build-up play and can sort of unlock something. Yeah, you don't just want a kind of yeah, exactly the battering ram. You need someone with a little bit more bit more skill. I think. Yeah, that, that's why I think Levi definitely would have helped a lot if if he didn't get COVID. Yeah. Kramaric, Kramaric doesn't have the ability to head the ball, but he's also a bit selfish at times. But actually, to be fair to him, we didn't see that much this time around. Yeah, he, I, I, I like Kramaric. I just think sometimes, you know, having to do it all on his own is a bit... Yeah, sometimes, you know, against the top teams can be, you know, I think he, he needs a bit of support sometimes. Yeah, you want that from a striker, a bit of a bit of selfishness. You You need that, of course. You ha- the, the striker has to have some kind of uh, self-esteem. He has to back himself, but not that yeah. many times, Andre. Not that many times. Yeah, I need to. Um, I need to wrap up now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know it's even no, later but, for you there I, than it is here. Yeah, I but, mean, well, I mean, we covered everything. So we're pretty much at the end, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I I was about to say, yeah, we can probably wrap it up because it it's just under an hour, so. Thank you for yeah, listening. We did, we did let's, <clears throat> let's, let's get Herman on for the next one, too. We can make sure. Yeah, exactly. It's probably going to be in three or four weeks, right, right around when European qualifiers start. So we can speak about that and the transfers that happen in the meanwhile. So, yeah. Yep. We'll no, great. Nice talking to you again. It's been a long time. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Cool. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.